Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Awesome. Good morning. Good morning. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to gather this morning. Thank you for being so faithful and so true to us. Thank you for just loving us and loving us as we are, but, but just being faithful to your word and who you are and, and not like you could be anything else. But Father, I just ask this morning that you show yourself faithful this morning to, to everyone in the sound of my voice, whether here in person or recorded now or years from now and we thank you for that in the mighty name of Yeshua amen good morning guys so I was um, praying I just seen something this morning that caught my eye I want to share this with you because there's a scripture in Psalms Psalms 124 6 through 8 actually I got this I like this isn't my message I just wanted to share this because it really hit me this morning, it was from, from one of my former pastors, um, posted this on Facebook, and it just jumped out at me, and it says this, Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. Our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the, of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Now let me read this one more time because this will help us get our focus right when and like even when things are going good we still need to keep our focus and maybe that might be even more dangerous time than when things are going haywire for us because when things are going haywire we have a tendency that the only choice we have is to go to him right but then when we think we're walking good and everything's all great and we don't have any problems and we're like, oh, yeah, God, yeah, I kind of needed him back then, but I got it from here on. And God's like, nah, no, I'm with you in the good and the bad. He, the Bible says he's an ever-present help in the time of trouble, but he's omnipresent. What that means, it's a fancy Greek word, which omni, I think, omni, what kind of word? Like there used to be a car called a Dodge Omni or something, a van or something. I, I was like, no, he's not a, he's not a van, you know. And I'm not sure that van would be a present if you're wanting a sports car, you know what I mean? But, but God is omnipresent. What that means is he's always present. He, when it says he's omniscient, he's all-powerful. And so there's, um, um, he's all-knowing. But where in the world was I going anyway with that? But he's, he's an ever-present help in the time uh, of need, but an ever-present help at all times and it's really important for us to get a grasp of that so that we can walk into the future with confidence not reliving our past and living in our past and staying back in our past because you know what it's a whole lot easier to keep re- reliving our past and keep rewinding it 
And what's funny is like we 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 live in our past and something happens. Well, I know it it didn't work 10 years ago and it ain't going to work now either. And guess what? It's not going to work. Do you know why? Because your focus is in the wrong spot. Your focus, you're more comfortable. And and when I say 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 you, you're, I mean all of us. It's our tendency. We can get more comfortable living in the circumstances and not wanting to allow God to change something or, or co-op with Him and, and change something in ourselves, we're more, we get more comfortable there than going into something we don't know. The truth is, I don't know what the result is. I don't know what's going to happen. And I, but I don't want to be time traveling and putting my focus on something that's going to take me back to where I'm getting the same results over and over and over. You guys ever hear, like, like you know what the definition of insanity is? It, it's doing the same thing over and over. It's like running into a brick wall. Say, oh, that hurt. Let's try it again. Maybe it won't hurt this time. I mean, come on. So, so God gives us some things, that, some sense, right? Saying, hey, that hurts. Maybe you don't want to do that again, right? And then if we keep doing it and doing it and doing it and get comfortable and that, then we don't have an opportunity to grow into who God's called us to be. And so, so one of the things that, that I've really been working on is myself is as soon as something happens, I got to let it go because it's in the past. And that's scary because what you're doing is you're throwing away, like I'm throwing away 29 years of experience as a human being. See, I don't I look 29 years old. Right, all this stuff that I've leaned on for 29 years, kinda, ish, 29 ish years, right? All these things I, I've, I've leaned on and grown and enjoyed and depended on, whether they worked or not, now when I let go of that and say, God, guess what? I'm gonna trust you and I'm gonna follow you and we're gonna go where you're calling me to go. I'm gonna do what you're calling me to do. I'm gonna trust what you're... Tr- what, what you say above my past experience. That's a big shift, right? It's a big change because it's coming to a place where, where we get to make a choice. Like, like we get to make the choice. God's like not domineering over saying, guess what? You do this and you do that. I mean, I mean um, we get preached at it like that sometimes, but it's just not what the scripture says, and it's just not how it works. God says, I want to partner with you, man. I've got great things for you, but I want a relationship where you can trust me, and I don't want you time traveling all the time. He said he's an ever-present help. So he's always with us. He's present, and his name's even present. Right? I was, so I was thinking about that. I was reading the script. Let me read this to you one more time because it jumped out at me. Because it tells us where our help comes from. Right? You're not alone. We're, we're not alone. And so it's important for us to, to grasp what God's saying to us so that we can step into the future in confidence and know what he's really trying to, trying to, to do in our lives. And um, he's already birthed it in you. Do you know that? You got everything you need need inside you. That's one of the things that set me free with horses is, like, you, you start, start a colt. That colt, like, all it knows is what its mama told him. is like, they're going to eat you. 
or they're gonna maybe the mom had a bad experience and like they got tied up and treated really badly and so she's afraid and so when she's around people this colt's afraid and so every experience this colt's had it's told him either from his experience or from his mama telling him or his instinct screaming they're gonna eat you they're gonna eat you run or fight you know that's all they know and they're living out of that until so so my job is not to make them do what I want them to do. Everything that horse needs to accomplish his life is already in him. He's already got a heart. He's already got the brains. He can already reason. He's got the body to do what he needs to do. And so everything that that horse needs is already in that horse. I'm not trying to put something on this horse that this horse doesn't already have. All he needs is something unlocked. He needs that drawn out so that he realizes, hey, you know what? I can trust this guy. It's unknown. I don't know where, where I'm at. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know why he's asking me to move my foot here or move my feet here. I don't know why I'm going over this scary thing, but I've learned to trust this guy so much that no matter what he points me at, I'm going to go through it. Not because I see the situation, but because I trust the person who, who, who I'm with. And horses amaze me, man. These colts would amaze me. Like, I've hit these challenges and the, what they would let you do in, in with them in such a short amount of time just blew my mind. Because, like, like for, me, for me to trust God's taken me 29 years. And still counting, right? But in two hours, two and a half hours, they will trust me with their life to go through things that look like what their mama said would eat them. And people say horses are stupid. Not in any way, shape, or form. Sometimes people, I don't think people are ever stupid. I think we can be ignorant, which is different. Ignorant just means we don't know. Right? So it, it sets us free so that we can follow. That's, that's how I want to live my life. I've just decided, you know, I'm going to trust you. Like, I see this obstacle, and like in my life, am I the only one who does this? Like, I look like 10 steps ahead. Like, I'm going to go here. And then I judge those 10 steps ahead by what's happened 100 steps back. Well, this happened here, and that happened there, and that happened there. And then I start planning my future on what happened in the past instead of saying, okay, Father, is there something you want to do in my life? Is there something that you want to unlock in me and through me to change the world? Or do you want me to just stay, stay right back and keep living just like I am? And my answer was, you know what, God? I'm going to trust you. I'd rather go completely under following him than to continue living like I was yesterday or the day before. Why? Because I'm not called to that. I'm a son of the Most High God. God paid a price for me. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He has a plan and a hope and a future for me because his word says so. And if we'll connect with that, 
and say, God, I trust you with the unknown. He said, give us this day our daily bread. What's he saying? He's saying exactly that. Do you trust me right now? Enough to step where I want you to step right now. That's pretty big. Do you trust me with your life? Do you trust me with your finances? Do you trust me with your family? Do you trust me with those things that concern you? And we get that choice. Father, I'm going to trust you. No matter what, give us this day our daily bread. He's saying, trust me right now. He says, take no thought for tomorrow. Right? So we can lean on him and we can trust him and we can say, you know what? If you're with me and you have great plans for me, even though I don't know exactly what's going to happen tomorrow, I know that you're there with me. And I know that you're guiding me. I was just thinking about the... Um, the Israelites, here they are, we've got Passover coming up, and I always think of the Exodus, right? But, but Moses shows up and he says, hey, God says, let my people go. So he tells them, Pharaoh, let my people go. And guess what happens? The moment they start thinking that they're free, all hell breaks loose, man. Pharaoh made it worse on them, but God's like, yeah, checkmate, watch this, boys. But there's a point in time where they're in the wilderness and they're groaning and they're moaning and God had gotten them out of a place that was impossible. And, and they were saying, we had better food in Egypt. Like, man, we were eating steaks and lobster and all this and they treated us way better than now we're just out here in the wilderness and we're going to die. Why? Because they were more comfortable with staying where they were than going where God had called them to, to the promised land. God never intended them to be slaves. He intended them to be free. And guess what? They come out with all the silver and with all the gold and all this stuff from, from that, that God had restored them with. They, they are walking in abundance and they're in a hard place. And at this hard place, they're like, man, maybe we should just go back and be slaves again. Yes, there was no going back, though, man. They'd have killed them if they'd have went back anyway. I mean, it, and that's what happens. When we go back, it kills us. Like, not just, not just physically, but it kills us spiritually, and it kills us mentally, and it kills us emotionally, and it robs the life that God has for us. Because we refuse to step out and go into the future. We get a choice, man. We get to partner with God. What strikes me as really, really cool in this story is they're complaining and God says, okay, I'll give you manna. So every day, God would drop manna from heaven. And, and the, a lot of the rabbis say, that the manna was, would taste like anything that they wanted it to taste like. Say, so, hey, you know what? I want a steak today. So they go pick up. A, it was in the omer uh, uh, of um, manna, which is actually in the Ark of the Covenant, by the way. And that represents God's provision, which is part of our covenant. 
with God. You know what? He has a covenant with you to provide for you. It's not all on you. When you're in a covenant with him, guess what? You have a covenant with him, and it becomes his responsibility too. Does that make sense? So, so they go out and they pick up this an omer of this manna. And you're like, what is it? And I was like, that's it. It's manna. They go out. They're like, what is it? And God said, that's it. What is it? What is it? That, that's what it is. Really, that's what, what it is. It's like, no, what is it? It's whatever you want it to be. What do you want it to taste like? What do you need it to be? What do you need in your life? The Bible says that Jesus is the bread of life. What do you need? That's what he's saying. What is it that you need? What is it that you're going through? What is it that's coming up against you? What is it? Because I'm telling you, I have a promise. And if you will eat this bread, we're going to take communion here. That's what it represents. It's everything we find is found in Yeshua. God's salvation. very name is I am salvation. He is the bread of life and he's everything you'll ever need and more than you'll ever want. So they would take this as what is it? And, and they would eat it and it's whatever they want. And they're like, well, if that wasn't good enough, man, God's like, I'm going to bless you. The Bible says that God's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think okay now time out asking's one thing because a lot of times we only got enough guts to ask with our mouth but our thinking is yeah i need this but or or our mouth saying i need this but what you really need something more and so god's like even that thing that you're afraid that you're thinking that you can't even open your mouth enough to say, I'm going to do exceeding abundantly above that. Now here's the kicker, because it said, according to the power that works where? Out in heaven? Um, in church? All around us? No, where? According to the power that works where? In you. Christ in you the hope of glory. Like we're always looking to outer space for God and he's like, you're looking in the wrong space. Right? It's inner space. That's where God lives. He lives inside you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And God's one. We're like, well, the Holy Spirit's in me, but Jesus and God, they're really somewhere off. The Bible says God's one. So if the Holy Spirit's in you, you have the Father and the Son. You are complete in him. Does that make sense? That's a lot. This ain't even my message. But he's an ever-present help in time of trouble. Ever-present. Give us this day our daily bread. So they, he, they were, they're like, instead of just giving them the manna, what is it? God's like, I'm going to bring quail too, man. You can have a barbecue. And they're complaining. They're complaining. And God's like, I'm going to bless you anyway. I'm going to provide for you anyway because I'm that good. And I, I love that so much. 
I was just thinking a lot of times we think we got to say something to get something. Like we, we think what we say we're going to get, but I, I believe we get what we are. Because the Bible says we say what we are. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I believe in faith. I believe in trusting God and I believe in saying what God says. But I believe that we should focus on our heart and then our mouth will follow. Our feet will follow. Our hands will follow. And we'll be stepping and walking where, where Jesus is, right? There's a new coach for the Oklahoma Sooners, Boomer Sooner. Yeah, baby. He's a believer, loves Jesus, man. But he's changing the culture. But one of the things he told the players was he said, I am here to serve your heart first, then your talent. And that's what God's saying to us, man. If you will just, like, we come forward and we give our hearts to Jesus. We say, I give my heart to Jesus, but do we really? Sometimes we give it to him once and then we keep taking it back, man. Do we really, are we really going to surrender everything to him? Are we really going to trust him completely? Are we really going to just say, you know what, Father? I give it all to you. I trust you with my heart. And when you do, you start seeing things a whole lot different. You start seeing what he's seeing. Man, I used to love Range Rovers. Now I've moved up to Rolls Royces. <laughs> right? When I first started seeing Range Rovers, man, I'd, I'd never seen them except in a TV commercial. And then when I start seeing them, all of a sudden, everywhere I go, oh, there's a Rolls Royce, there's a Rolls Royce, there's a Rolls Royce. Why? Because suddenly, I mean, not a Rolls Royce, there's a Range Rover. When I was seeing Range Rovers, I didn't, now I see them. I, I like cool, cool cars, man. You know what I like about the Rolls Royce? They got these little center things on their wheels. And, like, they don't turn with the wheels. They just stay steady. And you know what? That reminds me of God. Because no matter what's going on in the world, he stays steady. And then you get an umbrella with the car, too. They'd do that with my GMC. I'd be like, yeah, that's worth half a million dollars. <laughs> right? I think it's godlike. But we get aware when we see something, then it starts coming around us. Why? Because it opens us up. And that's how God created us. And that's scriptural, by the way. Pastor James done gone, woo, I'm already woo hoo. But it's the truth. It's in this book, right? So now, but listen to this because it's, it's really important. It says, Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. Our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Maybe you're out there and you feel trapped and you feel like there's no way out. I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus, that you are free in him right now. All you got to do is say, Lord Jesus, I believe you. I surrender my heart to you and I trust you. And watch what he will do. He says, or in here too. Not, not avoiding anyone in here either. 
Blessed be the Lord who has not given us. Like, listen, I'm saying, you're like, you're going to be in redundant, Pastor James. I don't even know what it means, so I don't know how I could be that, right? But whatever I'm doing, I'm doing it purposely because I want us to get this. Faith comes by hearing and hearing what? The Word of God, right? What is this? This is the Word of God, right? Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. Our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowler. The snare is broken and we have escaped. And then it tells us where our help is. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. Where's our help? In the name of the Lord. When I read this, I said, Amen. And then I was like, why do I say amen? Like, anybody, am I the only one who ever says amen? And then I'm like, where, do, where does that come from? What does amen mean? I know that everybody's like, like, well, amen, brother. I, you know, so I thought, well, it means I agree with that. Or some people say, so be it. So I looked it up this morning. I was prepared, right? Because God says all of his promises are yes and amen. And we get it to where it's such a ritual that we don't, we're just saying it because someone taught us to say it and we don't even know the meaning behind it. I want to, I want, like, like, that's great. Say it all you want, but I want more of a relationship with God than just something that I do because I was taught to do it. I want to know what it means. I want to have a relationship with it, with him and know what it means. If I'm talking to someone like, 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 I don't know, I don't speak Japanese, but if I go to Japan, I need an interpreter. So if I can't understand what you're saying, I just hear people saying words, like they might be telling me I'm stupid or I look funny, which I doubt that would happen. <laughs> I mean, that would be pretty much impossible, but you know what I mean. But you never know what they're saying. I want to know what they're saying. So I looked it up. Now, it's, it, as an interjection, it can be an interjection. Amen means agreed. Yes, exactly. I'll say, truly, you said it. Ditto. Faux show. Faux show. Not sure where that's from, but... No question, precisely, assuredly, doubtlessly, emphatically, undoubtedly, forsooth. I don't get that either. Indeed, certainly, I agree, verily. Well, now we're going King James on him. You bet. Absolutely, for sure, without a doubt. No ifs, ands, or buts. I love that one. Positively, unquestionably, right, definitely, quite, naturally. So here's an example. Amen. I am with you on that particular sentiment. And that's what we're saying to God when we get done praying, right? Amen. You know, I'm into all that stuff like I didn't. I'm 29 plus years old. <laughs> Used as an affirmation. Roger that. Fine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 
Certainly, yeah, definitely, great, surely, naturally, true, unquestionably, good. God is good, right? Positively, all right, sure thing, by all means, yes, yay, agreed, A. That's from Canada. <laughs> right, absolutely, exactly, affirmative, Roger again. I don't know who Roger is, but they like him. <laughs> Indubitably, that's one of my favorite ones. Father, thank you for blessing us. Indubitably. I mean, I'm going to start doing that because that's just too cool, man. Especially if I'm wearing a Rolls Royce cap, you know, I might as well go. Precisely, undoubtedly, gladly, assuredly, of course, very well, beyond a doubt. Most assuredly. Now, does that change the way we pray? By how we seal it? Because it's changing the way I think about amen. Like it's just not a sign, signing off. I hope you do this. I hope you hear me. Amen. And I'm not even done. Listen to this. As an adverb. Uh-huh. Absolutely, agreed, assuredly, again, beyond a doubt, certainly, even so, fine, good, granted, just so, naturally, like naturally, God, you said it, so, naturally, okay, precisely, surely, true, unquestionably, again, willingly, yeah, yay, yes, affirmative, I can say yay, all right, A, again, the Canadians step in. By all means, definitely, exactly, gladly, good enough, indubitably, again, my favorite. Most assuredly, of course, positively, Roger again, here he comes. Sure thing, undoubtedly, very well, without fail, yep. Roger, I don't know who you are out there because I don't know any. Is there any Rogers in here? But we just pray right now in the name of Jesus for you that God will do something great in your heart. And in your life right now, whatever you've been praying for, God says, Roger, Roger that. <laughs> so, you guys get the point? Or do you want me to keep going? Because I got four or five pages of this. <laughs> like, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to say, so I'll just read. Right? But I love when it finally gets, I like this part where it says, no kicker. Like, that's one of my things I really love. But it's also, as a noun, it's a benediction, a prayer, grace, consecration, supplication, devotion, communion, litany, thankfulness. It's a closing prayer, sanctification, hallowing, blessing, invocation, thanksgiving, thanks, dedication, benison, whatever that is, orison, benedictus, praise, laying on of hands, or petition, and rogation. So there's so many things more to amen than just what we think. And so it made me think. Now listen to the scripture one more time that I was reading earlier. I don't have, I know I'm being redundant, but I don't have a definition for that, so you'll have to look that up <laughs> on your own. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. 
our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. So it made me think our help is in the name of the Lord. And I'm like, I don't even know the name, what the name Amen completely means. How in the world do I even know what the name of the Lord is? Like we call him Lord. We call him God. We call him Jesus. We say Holy Spirit. Adonai. Elohim. Yahweh is his name. But a lot of times we don't even know what his name is. And they said those who call upon his name. The Bible says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower and where it's saying that now if you'll go now I'm gonna be a I'm gonna I'm gonna try to teach something for a second and then I'll go back to being a goofy preacher okay so so the name of the Lord when you see capital L capital O capital R capital D that's Yahweh in the scriptures yud hey vod hey now when you see Adonai in the in the scriptures it how they got Adonai is the Jewish people didn't want to say Yahweh, Yudhevadhe. In fact, a, as a Jewish person, when you write God, you write G, capital G, a dash, and then a D. But God actually represents Elohim, which means sovereign power or the creator of all things. So you get Yahweh, Yudhevadhe, and so Yahweh, they get Adonai through that, through doing an Aleph, a Dalet, and, and a Yud. And so that's where you get Adonai. So when you see a capital L, a little O, little R, little D, I know that's a lot I'm trying to explain. I'm going somewhere, I promise, right? That's where they get Adonai from. So where you see in the scripture where it says capital L, little O, little R, little D, that's Lord. But most of the time you see Lord, capital L, O, capital O, capital R, capital D, that's Yahweh, that's Yudhevadhe. In the Aaronic blessing, not E-R-R, -R, the A, you know, the Aaron, Aaronic, Aaron's blessing, it says, Ivarekaka Yahweh Vaish Meireka. You know what that means, right? <laughs> Blessed are you, O Lord, Yahweh, Yudhe Vade. Blessed are you, O Lord God, creator of the universe, right? May the Lord bless you and keep you, is what that says. May Yahweh bless you and keep you. Well, that's great. What's his name? His name's Yahweh. Well, what does Yahweh mean? I'm glad you asked. That's a great question. I've been trying to get to that for 20 minutes, and I only got five to get through it. Now watch this. We see in Exodus chapter 3 where Moses is at the burning bush. And um, it talks about how Moses is tending his flock with his, with, with his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert, to Horeb, to the mountain of God. And there an angel appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over to see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. That always amazes me, because like if I had a ran, <laughs> right? 
And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, Moshi, Moshi. Do you know what Moses means? It means drawn out, right? You see in Joshua where it says, Moses, my servant, is dead. And then now Joshua, which is a form of the name Yeshua, which means I am salvation, is the one who's taken him into the promised land. What is it? That's a foreshadowing of Yeshua coming. How the law draw, draws us out, but through Yeshua and Yeshua alone do we enter into the promised land. Saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now let's cross over, right? So here he's saying, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Now I love this. Because Moses was raw. What's it saying when, when someone says, we very reldom, very reldom, is reldom a word? It is now. We very seldomly, is that a word? Okay, we very seldomly let someone know who we really are. But Moses, when he saw it, he's like, here I am. And was it here I am or here I am? That's a play on words, right? Now watch. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your shoes, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of Yaakov. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God at the Creator. He hit his face. Why? Because he realized who he was. He's telling his name. He's like, oh, man, you're the one that we've been waiting on. You're the one that we've been praying for, to, praying about, and now you're showing up, and now you're talking to me. Like, I've waited my whole life, and I've tried to do all this stuff in my own power, but I know that you have a great plan and a great work in my life, and promises that you've given from years ago, and now here you are. He says, here I am. And I think he says, here I am. It's, it's a two-pronged step. I am, it means I am. The name of I am that I am is a strong tower. You're like, well, what does that have to me, do with me? He says, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, now is, there some, now is that a coincidence? Do you think that's just a play on words or God's trying to tell you something, right? And there's why it says not to take the Lord's name in vain. Do you know what his name is? I am. So you're made in God's image. So when you say, I am stupid or I am this, do you know what you're really doing? You're really cussing, man. We, you're, you're taking his name in vain because you have so much value. You can't say that, Pastor James. It's the truth. It's, it's the Bible. That's what the Bible's saying right now. It changes how we think a little, doesn't it? Just that little nugget on how his name is can change our lives because we come. Now, he says, the scripture, New Testament says, I am. It says, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And what I am reminds me is that it's 
I am in me. Christ in me, the hope of glory. The scripture says, as he is, so are we in this world. Is that too deep? You guys getting that? When I'm saying I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, I'm agreeing with who he is in me. And I'm not relying just on my own power and on my own strengths, but I am giving it to him. And what I'm really doing is I'm saying, here I am. And he's saying, I am in your life. Just like the manna. Now watch this. You're like, well, what does Jesus mean? You know what Jesus means? Yeshua? It means Yahweh's salvation. You know what Yahweh means? I am. His name is I am salvation. Now think about that. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Why? Because he is salvation. Now why? That, that's real important for us to catch that. You can't say his name without calling for salvation. Like sometimes you don't even know what to pray. Like I've heard people say, I don't even know what to pray. All I could say is Jesus. And I'm telling you, it's more than enough. He's the first and the last. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He's the Lath. And He's the Top. And He's everything you've ever needed or ever will need or need right now. So let the weak say, I am strong. I didn't write it. God did. God wants to do some great things in our lives, and I'm out of time. I think we're going to do communion, right? Which is perfect, because we're going to do bread. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www dot silverlakebaptist dot o r g